You see, Bender, it's simple. You're a ghost. A g-g-g-g-ghost? No, just the regular kind. Welcome to the world of tomorrow. This is Back to the Futurama, your podcast voyage through the Comedy Central reboot of one of the greatest TV shows Fox ever canceled. I'm Mike. And I'm Ben. And today we're talking about Season 6, Episode 19, Ghost in the Machines. Okay, Ben. Yes. We're back to questions. Okay. You're a ghost now. Okay. I'm hanging out with my friend Jeremy. You're hanging out with your... Damn it. I forgot about Jeremy. Always. Never forget about I Jeremy. Know, I know. That was my first mistake. You know, the one of the cats will occasionally, for whatever reason, when we're eating dinner, uh, it's always when we're eating dinner, she will run into other rooms and start meowing. Sure. And a, a, a legit cat thing, yeah. And I'm always like, what's that? You hunting down Jeremy? Getting him out of the apartment? Mm-hmm. Good job. That's so a good cat, yeah. I assume that she's hunting Jeremy. Anyways, continue. Give me give me that question. So you're a ghost now hanging out with Ghost Jeremy. Yes. And you are... You have to kill someone because the devil has told you to do it to get your body back. Okay. How do you do it? How do I kill a person? Mm-hmm. As a ghost, because the devil made you do it. Okay, now, important questions... What tools do I have at my disposal? Am I a poltergeist? Can I make things move around? Can I uh, possess people? Can I just do a lot of spooky projections onto things? Because every ghost has its own... Can I ruin pottery? Because like... Oh, 100% you can ruin pottery. Um, Let's say... I'm guessing all of the above is... It leads to an unsatisfactory answer. Because then I'm an all-powerful ghost. I might as well be God in ghost form. I can do anything. God ghost. That's nothing. Continue. I I do want to see a major motion picture called God ghost or ghost God. Kind of ghost dad. Is it called? Is it called ghost God or God ghost or is it called God ghost or ghost God? Ooh, I like the third the third option because then it then it's less of a movie and more of a game show. Ghost God or God Ghost? Yeah. Da, 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 da. Okay. Hi everybody, I'm Drew Carey. So, <laughs> um, let's go with you can move stuff around. Okay. So if I can move stuff around, kind of similar to how Bender can do it in this episode, and I have to kill somebody. Yes. I I don't know who the the robot. Let, uh, I don't want to make it me because <laughs> that feels weird. But uh, let's go with your entire family. What? Well, I yeah. There's not a yeah. There's g- no a funny answer here. You can't hypothetical a specific person. I'm going to kill. Okay, let's not. Let's just say the robot devil has put you in this terrible position. Wait, why the robot devil? Oh, I I mis- misspoke. I I'm getting the <laughs> because... the episode mixed up with this this. Uh, fantastical thought because the I'm regular not a robot. devil the regular I just, devil i just want to point out the regular devil we're being very christian centric here uh the regular devil has made you kill have to kill 
a person. Doesn't matter who. I don't know. Just how would you do it? This is not a good question. I don't know why I asked it. I would get a sharpie. Ooh, okay. And I would write kill me on their face with the sharpie. Okay. And eventually someone's going to do it. Okay. It's a it's a low impact and low comedy thing apparently because I'm getting zero reaction from you. <laughs> I, I I'm more just thinking, huh, I guess that is that would that would work. Yeah. I would Okay. take all of their clothes okay. out of their closet. All right. And replace it with out of fashion styles so that that way Okay, sure. They, they die of embarrassment. <laughs> they die of embarrassment because they are wearing... Last year's fashions. They're wearing spring 2018, maybe even fall 2017 <gasps> fashions. Not fall 2017. And then everything will crumble around them. <laughs> Their life <laughs> just <laughs> shatters and they can't handle it anymore. Yep. I, um, okay, I like that one. Do you though? I mean, it. <laughs> I guess it's better than the sharpie thing. Yeah, that that would <laughs> fall twenty seventeen. Who who would even? Right. I mean, it is very clearly spring twenty nineteen. Oh, absolutely. All the fashions are doing what fashions do. Pants are in this year. Uh, shirts. They... Shirts are out. It's weird. Shirts Shirt, are out. Uh-huh. Just no, nothing up top. Just well, no pants as pants, and oh, then also a second set shirt. of pants as shirt. Oh, uh, see, th- this is why I'm not a fashion person. Pants as shirt. Who would have ever thought? And yet, it it works. Pants as shirt. Yeah, I feel like this is a sequel for me specifically. Pants as shirt. Pan- <laughs> so that's how I would. Now, okay, well, I'm gonna, I want some closure on this because all yes. of my answers were garbage <laughs> how would you as a robot or not robot not ghost, robot <laughs> kill someone with after making a deal with the devil okay let's go okay i'm gonna just assume that the person i've been tasked to kill by the devil is a seattle seahawks fan <laughs> okay and i'm going to make it so that the seattle seahawks make the super bowl and and lose in very humiliating fashion to, let's say, the Jacksonville Jaguars. <laughs> and then that will kill the Seattle Seahawks fan, and then I will win. And also, my Jaguars have won the Super Bowl, and I watched it. So, your <laughs> ghost power is influencing football teams. Yes. Okay. I can move objects. I can move the football around. Okay. Yeah. And that's not going to raise any sort of suspicion. I mean, how, how could not it? Not if Tom Brady throws it, if you know what I mean. Oh, I, I see. That was a deflate joke. <laughs> I was like, but he's not on the Jaguars, but could I make that happen as a ghost? Because if I can make that happen, maybe I could. What can't I make happen? Am I ghost god or god ghost? Mike's super ghost power is that he can. Sports. He can influence trades in the NFL. <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> the- uh, breaking news on ESPN. It looks like the Jacksonville Jaguars have traded a seventh round pick for Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. How does it? Does it? Uh, g- can I get a uh, really? Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, Jaguars look good now. Uh, back to you. It looks like 
the Jacksonville Jaguars have just acquired Tom Brady in exchange for a bag of Cool Ranch Doritos. Oh, no, that's a hard trade. I don't know if I want to get rid of that bag of Cool Ranch Doritos. There's certainly more flavor in those Doritos than there is in all of Tom Brady. Okay, well, I'm done talking about the flavors of Tom Brady, and I'm ready to talk about (laughs) Season 6, Episode 19, Ghost in the Machines. We start out at Planet Express. Hermes points out that as long as nothing happens for the next 15 minutes, their insurance will be reinstated. Um, After a few beats, Amy screams and points outside to a giant sausage. So, okay, so if you... (laughs) All right, two senses in. If you are just chilling at <laughs> sure. the office and you see a giant sausage go by, what do you even do with that? I look at my my watch. I see it's lunchtime and I'm like, I'm going to go eat a giant sausage. That's that's my uh, thought process for a lot of things, actually. Um, I see giant things and I want to eat giant things. I would look at my calendar and realize that it is a parade today. <laughs> Because that's what really happens. It's a parade. Boy, I'm coming I'm coming back from a from being sick, so I I apologize very, to all listeners. It's a very weird energy to make a joke and then you, you look like you're rip roaring to give a joke back and you're like, and we see it's parade day like it is in the episode and it's like Okay, I was I was ready to go. Apparently, apparently me trying to podcast while recovering from an illness turns me into a little bit of NPR meets Purred Happily. <laughs> My voice gets a lot more muted, and I talk with a much more serious tone, and then I just say what things are, like yeah. Purred Happily. <laughs> I don't have a gavel. I'm Purred Happily. So, uh, yeah, Fry is <laughs> afraid of this giant sausage, as one would be, because it is a giant sausage, and... Sure. Uh, <clears throat> Hold on, with, uh, let me get my purred happily on. Sausages are usually not that big. So, uh, yeah, Fry is terrified at this, and then they go outside because they realize it's just a parade. And yeah, it, 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 Leela tells him it's just a giant balloon, and Fry is also terrified of the giant balloon. And so they're outside, and Bender has Fry on, up on his shoulders, and yeah. he's like, see, buddy, it's not so terrifying now, is it? Yeah. Which I really love that, uh, like paternal, that, Bender, yeah, that yeah. weird like father son moment between. <laughs> it's very good. Bender and Fry, it made me giggle <laughs> because it was funny. No, see now I'm just trying to make Purd happily happen. You can't force Purd happily. You just gotta sit back and let Purd happily happen. Maybe that's why his last name's Happily. He just <laughs> happens. <laughs> See, you know, you just <laughs> let that happen and it worked. So uh, they there is a, uh, a, par- a parade float for St. Patrick's Day and there's one for the Chinese New Year. And Fry's like, wait, why are there two of those things? Uh, there used to be parades every day. Those horrible, horrible times. So they smushed all the parades day together into one parade day. There's also a uh, there's a Jamaican pride flag. That is just mm-hmm. uh, token yep. out. Sure. It's all covered up in fog. And uh, they go out to munch on the Doritos float. Uh-huh. I can't agree with that. Now, let me let me take a step back here. Okay. So this is a parade for every parade. Yes. 
to be a part of. Yes. That means that at one point there was a Doritos parade. I okay. I don't see a problem with this personally, but okay. The only problem I see with this is that we don't currently have a Dorito Day Parade. But what it posits is that someday in the future, between now and 3012 or whatever, mm-hmm. um, there will be. So we need to institute Dorito Day. Be the change you want Doritos to be in the world. Be the Dorito you want to see in the world. Exactly. Yes. There's a, a big Dorito float that... Uh, the Jamaican Pride Parade hits, and then this giant Dorito flies out and just chops off a bunch of lampposts. It, it's doing a lot of stuff. It's very sharp. It's a sharp Dorito. Granted, if you eat a lot of Doritos, you might get a little bit of a uh, 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 cuts on the roof of your mouth. Uh huh. Yeah. It's not get, as you, bad. It's not as bad as uh, Captain Crunch, but it can happen. You gotta, you gotta be, be careful. You gotta be careful with Doritos. Um, I've been saying it for years. Not only, a lot of people say it, you got to be careful because the flavor is so big. Takes me to Flavor Town. It takes you to Flavor Town, but that's not the main problem. You you chomp a little bit down. Oh, it's all sharp now. It's just all sharp corn chip right in your mouth. It's a dangerous situation, and they don't. The Doritos Corporation does not do enough to warn people about the dangers of Doritos. Coming up next, we've got a new ad from Doritos. <laughs> If you if you had that, it would be hilarious. Um, that being said, I think there needs to be more regulation for Doritos industry because it's dangerous. People are getting hurt. Look at the expenditure of our healthcare system because of Doritos related injuries. It is not negative. <laughs> I don't have a follow up. Uh... Because you know I'm right. Because the Dor- the Doritos injuries are real. You are you are one you are exactly correct enough so that I can't tell you that you're wrong, and also that I can't yes and and like skew it to funny directions. You are just stating facts. Exactly, and this is why I'll be leaving the podcast to go be a pundit on CNN. The Dorito smashes into uh, the Zap Brannigan float, which sure. has a very disturbing naked Zap Brannigan. Uh, like giant paper mache statue yeah, it's, holding a big globe. It's very much like Atlas holding the globe, yeah. And this causes the globe to fall, and it's rolling towards um, two nerds. One human, one robot. And they are talking about uh, the nerds' paleontology shirt. It says, chicks dig paleontologists. Now, see, I know this was in the pre-show banter, but that's my point. See, like, you can show, like... <laughs> this is your this, this is, is your brand this is your brand the paleontology brand if you'd love to hear that pre-show banter go to patreon <laughs> so fry runs over i do want to point out he says he has a second one that says paleontologists do it in the dirt i mean you know you gotta i i was friends with a geologist in mm-hmm. college and she definitely had a Geology Rocks t-shirt. Like, you really sure. just got to lean into that. Yeah, w- once you're one nerdum, you might as well just go all the way on it. I was an art major, so I just wore a lot of really, like, weird shirts about mm. nothing. I was a computer science major, so I was like, there are ten types of people. Those who can read binary and those who cannot. See, I love that joke, but it doesn't work in voice form. You got to read it. It really does not work in voice form. I apologize. I will. S- the, the shirt is cool. I had it for a while. It was very good. 
So Fry shouts that he is going to save one of them. He that's all he can do. And so he's just he, one man. He runs over and he pushes the human nerd out of the way. And the robot nerd gets just crushed by the world, which hashtag I feel that. <laughs> I wasn't ready for that. That was good. Um, yeah, it's it like splatters oil and machinery all over place, all over people. It's 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 a it's a gory, horrific scene. And Mayor Poopenmeyer shows up and he's like, yeah, I want to just cash in on this. And um, although not before the nerd's wife is like, yeah, you're saved. I dig you. Th- thank, <laughs> thank you for saving my stupidly dressed husband. And I was like, I wrote in my notes, I resemble that remark. She really digs paleontologists. At least like, that su- one. Super digs this one. Yeah. But Mayor Poopenmeyer shows up and he's like. He just really wants to ride these coattails. And so he's like, I want to associate myself with a true hero. Fry declares that heroes don't do drugs, except for maybe drug man. Sure. I mean, that's legit. Sounds like the trippiest Mega Man boss ever. And, uh... Oh, man, I want to watch that. (laughs) Mayor Poopenmeyer gives the most confusing sentence in (laughs) all of time. He declares that this Saturday will forever be known as Friday. <laughs> it's such a wonderful line. It's such a wonderful goof. I love it. It is a sort of turn of phrase that makes me think back to the movie Clue. Because oh, I've yeah. declared that Clue, uh-huh. it's, it's one of like the four movies that I will watch basically whenever for any reason whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Uh, just the wordplay in it is just so snappy and like, uh, doesn't really call attention to itself. It's just like deliver that line and get out. Yeah. So I, I was talking about that just the other day. And so it sort of made me think of Clue. Yeah, it's not... I, I Clue, the movie, is is like kind of about itself, but not in a like too much kind of way. Like it's like, yeah, we're being clever, but we're going to walk away from it. But just know that I was clever. Hey, can we cancel the rest of this podcast and just talk about how awesome the movie Clue is? Because, I can't imagine. Because spoiler for grades, A++. For Clue. For Clue. Not Friday. I mean, Fridays are pretty great. You <laughs> got to get down on them, uh, as I'm told. I heard that somewhere. And for this episode, <laughs> we will have to wait. The Stones decree that you should get down on a Friday. Yeah, they they celebrate and yeah mayor poopenmeyer gives him the keys to the city which of there are like six or seven one of them goes to the second deadbolt the the city's in a bad neighborhood again that's a very clever phrase it's very funny trying to imagine the city in a bad neighborhood yeah so they uh do some celebrating uh which we just cut to planet express and as they're walking in fry's like it was sure nice of the mayor's wife to have sex with me it really was it's one of the I mean, you know, <laughs> I, uh, yep. I, I mean, <laughs> I got nothing. Let's, let's stammer over this for a while until we actually move on. It's funny because there's not a whole lot in this TV series that we actually stammer over. It's true. But apparently the line, it was sure nice of the mayor's wife to have sex with me, is apparently the line. It's the line, yeah. We have butted up against it, and we are looking over, terrified to cross it. Uh, Yeah, I, it's looking down at that line and being like, I see you. It's fine. Bender confronts Fry for saving the human instead of the robot. 
Yeah, he's like, you think that a human life is more important than a, or is worth more than a robot life. It's a, it's a, it's a hard, uh, it's a conundrum, really. How do you answer that? Uh, And Fry just says, I mean, yeah. Well, there you go. (laughs) So Bender gets really upset about this to the point where he's just like, I see I'm not valued, so I'm just going to go kill myself. It's a very... It's an, it's a huge escalation. Well, I mean, that is kind of Binner's MO. And, uh, and, and no, no one's really surprised by this because they're like, uh, you, you, you've bluffed so often you started dating one of them. Yeah, like he dated a suicide booth for six months. And Before the suicide booth moved to Oregon with her quote unquote crazy mother. I mean, you know, as someone who's done it, you have some life crisis and you move to Oregon. It it's a time-honored tradition. It's the Oregonian way. Uh that's what the Oregon Trail was, just everybody having major crises. Everyone having a midlife crisis all I, at once. I mean, how it's got to be one heck of a crisis to be like, yeah, I'll be in a Conestoga wagon for 9 months. <laughs> sure two years however long it took it took i'm sure it took a long time you're telling me that you spent all that time in grade school playing the oregon trail and it didn't teach you how long the oregon trail actually was it taught me if you shoot a bison you can't take all that meat (laughs) that's what i learned i'm pretty sure that's what everybody learned (laughs) exactly so and also what dysentery was and that everybody will die of it everyone so Bender goes... I don't... It doesn't sound like a good way to die, but, you know, it's in all of our future. Speaking of bad ways to die, Bender goes to a suicide booth, and he finds out that it's his ex, Lynn, who is back from Oregon, and uh, she is so upset at Bender that she's like, oh no, you're gonna die, but it's not gonna be a suicide. It's gonna be a murder. And then it the camera goes to outside where... uh lynn uses everything she's got to kill bender and kill she does because after that a uh delivery hearse from dead x delivery delivery hearse is is a phrase although really when you think about it aren't all hearses delivery hearses this is a path i don't know (laughs) if i want to come down with you buddy We're usually so yes and, and today we're like, yeah, eh, uh... I think we better not. <laughs> Some people think that the opposite of yes and is no but, uh, or just flat out no. The opposite of yes and is actually just, yeah, mm. <laughs> And we're doing a lot of that today. Yeah, this is good comedy, isn't it? I do like that the Dead X logo still has a little arrow mm-hmm. in the logo that uh, you, I can't unsee in FedEx yeah. logos anymore because it is you take a lot of art classes and oh, yeah. like graphic design and stuff and it is the quintessential example of good logo design because yeah, of that stupid arrow in, in the negative space. Yeah, it's it's a good little bit. Like it's I I love seeing things like that in negative space. It's it's a really good logo i'm just like oh it's just such the quintessential lo- i'm just mm, and now i can't unsee the arrow and it's a whole thing i have feelings about the fedex arrow the font helvetica sure uh ask me about my art major sometime <laughs> <laughs> well i see no time but the present my man how's that art major uh there's a uh 
documentary about the Helvetica font that I watched one time. How, how recent? <laughs> uh, 2012-ish? Okay, that's not as recent as I kind of would have assumed. I bet you there's now six documentaries about Helvetica. And uh, one, of them, one of them's called Helvetica Now. That's a that's a film festival weekend. Anyways, so <laughs> the Helvetica Film Festival. Helvetica Film Festival. Um, that doesn't sound that outlandish. That being said, how do you feel? Uh, speaking of logos, how do you how do you feel about the Amazon logo going from A to Z? Um, I think it's pretty clever. Mm-hmm. Um, it is. It is a pretty subtle it's it's even more subtle than the fedex arrow oh yeah the fedex arrow um, slaps you over the face with this ne- negative arrow but the i mean the amazon logo is actually pretty good yeah I, I agree as well so uh this is just our way to try to get roman mars on this podcast isn't it <laughs> roman if you're listening go on let us know <laughs> so Dead X delivers Bender's dead body, and everyone thinks he's faking it until Hermes waves a dollar bill in front of his face, and Bender does not go for it, and they're like, oh, no, he's actually dead. Uh, everybody t- take grabs their taken-off hats and takes them off, to which Fry is initially confused and then prick- has one of his own. Yeah, like, he's like, what? what? I don't understand. And they're like, it's tradition. Like, it's what you do. And then he just has one yeah it's uh, unless because they didn't like set up that they have like this big rack of taken off hats all all around but if there was one that would uh, be a lampshade on top of it be like oh i need to grab okay hold on let me grab one of these and it's off but see well okay i was gonna say having a rack of taken off hats implies that anyone could die at any time and then i was like oh crap that's how life works yeah (laughs) and then I got sad, anyone and then I laughed about it. Anyone can die of dysentery at any time. Laughing the, at our own mortality. The, ha The one true outcome, dying of dysentery. So this is when Bender's ghost rise out, rises up out of his body. And meanwhile, the crew is like, well, he'll always be with us as a <laughs> trash can. And they just start taking all of his parts. Fry takes uh, Bender's arm because, as Fry says, well, he always had my back. So I'm going to take his arm. As a back scratcher. That seems legit. There's some circular logic there, but it works. Uh, Bender's kind of floating around making jokes. Uh, he's like, why can't nobody hear me? Bender has no idea. But then he goes outside and he sees the robot devil who is reading a copy of... It's it's a magazine called Life in Hell. Mm-hmm. And I love this joke because... It looks like a Life magazine, Mm -hmm. but then it just says in hell after it. But Life in Hell was Matt Groening's original like uh, uh, comic. With with the the one-eared bunny bongo, right? Uh Yeah. And uh, so I'm like, man, that is is such a weird deep cut to like... Because it's a lot of times Futurama is like, check it out. Here's here's a nerd joke. You'll get this if mm-hmm. you know what Kobol is. <laughs> like, uh, um, here's a joke about Klein bottles. Yeah, exactly. Like, and this one's just like, sup? You know Matt Groening's back catalog. We're not talking The Simpsons. Go back further. Further than that. That it's it's a pretty deep mm-hmm. cut, and I I'm into it. My, I, I appreciate that, but I also appreciate the fact that on the cover is the robot devil's face, and then he pulls it down, and it's the robot devil. 
uh, there is a gif of uh, uh, one of my f- when I was watching wrestling. There was a wrestler that I re- that was my favorite called Sting, not the not the singer, but the wrestler. He has a painted. Face. I mean, I assumed it wasn't Sting, the the mm-hmm. guy from the police. He would just sing and stand in the middle of the ring. He's like, "Who could it be now?" Exactly. Um, guy is standing sitting in the audience wearing a Sting mask because he has a painted face. He uses a a chair to hit somebody, and then he takes off his own mask, and it's the same. Uh, image <laughs> below and that is always like one of my like and this happened like 2012 so it's like very recent and it's like that's hilarious okay that's pretty good i i must say i also think that this is i i remember like being like this is stupid and hilarious and somebody's on twitter is like you know this is not the first time he's done this he used to do this all the time i'm like wait how did i f- miss those because <laughs> it is like the the goofiest uh pro wrestling thing possible and that's what this uh robot devil thing reminded me of there was a lot to unpack in that three seconds of video (laughs) and we did it uh so i mean we could just once this podcast is over just do futurama minute where we dissect uh one minute of futurama (laughs) for every episode (laughs) I can't imagine people want more more of us talking about Futurama. We did all of it. I mean, we talk so little about Futurama as it is. They clearly want more. Yeah, the Futurama minute lasting 60 minutes and has 30 seconds of discussion about Futurama. I can't wait. If you'd love to, t- to see that, please tweet it back to Futurama. So the robot devil tells Bender that he's dead and Bender says something like, Oh, I just thought I had uh, laryngitis and anti-gravity. I mean, you know, if you think you got that, I could, I could definitely see like a robot having anti-gravity uh, boots or something. Mm-hmm. They go to hell. <laughs> I love your NPR voice. I, I mean, you and know. They go to hell. We now join Futurama in hell. This is NPR. Legal disclaimer, we are not NPR. I feel bad for the people. <laughs> We're like, wait, did I accidentally change? It? No, no, still still goof voice, good. I feel worse for the people who are like, what? I thought I was listening to NPR. I was putting up with a lot of garbage just to get to this American life. It's like, you know, I this is a departure for, for car talk, but okay, I'll listen. So, <laughs> Bender... <laughs> Sorry, I had to laugh at my own joke. (laughs) Okay, go ahead. Bender asks what's going on, and uh, he's like, I'll take my answer in any form but a song. And the robot devil is like gearing up to sing a song. He's like, oh, you're no fun. He he moves out a backdrop that like, I think the the ship in the background had like SS anything goes. Yeah. Um, I wish I could listen to the song. It's very, I I, I like the song. uh yeah it's it's a good it's a pretty good gag so uh he explains that bender is a ghost and bender says a ghost no the regular one and this made me think of homestar runner actually specifically teen girl squad from homestar runner okay oh yeah because for many 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 years anytime somebody would be like this is whack (laughs) somebody else in my friend group would chime in wiggity whack and then the first person would go nope just regular type every time (laughs) and so now 
because we are so far removed from the era of Homestar Runner. Oh, man. Flash I, I miss is it slowly every day. dying a painful death. Uh, frankly, not fast enough death, not if fast you ask enough. me. But Flash is dying a painful death. And Homestar Runner is just a mostly forgotten remnant of an internet that no longer exists. And so now people go, man, that's whack. And I say, wiggity whack. And they're like, what, what? are you talking about? Yeah. I, and I die a little bit every time. I think the internet as it was when Homestar Runner was around is a better internet. But we also, we as a society deserve the internet we have. Uh, as a very as somebody that makes content on the internet, uh, please listen to my content, and I have pithy remarks about the rest of the internet. Now, so uh, Homestar Runner <laughs> review podcast when Futurama is done. <laughs> yes, that is the perfect idea. Yes, we'll have three listeners, and two of them are in this room. That's right fun. now. I mean, we—that's what we thought when we started this. And where did it go? So. I've just been on a lot of thinking about what happens when this podcast is <laughs> over because we've only got through about the end of the year, my dude. We will see. Sometimes they are a changing. Sometimes, you, you, you know, with, with uh, seasons change and sometimes you just have to end a podcast. That's the age old talking point. I believe Plato said it. I believe so. And then Aristotle's like, yeah, what's a podcast though? And then Plato was like, check it out, and loaded up an episode of My Brother, My Brother, and Me, and the world was changed forever. <laughs> and Aristotle's like, oh, this is tight. Yeah. Yeah, yeah this is good. So uh, we find <laughs> out that Bender's disembodied program is now running on the wireless network shared by all machinery. And my comment was, oh, so that's what the cloud is. Yeah, it's the computational cloud, and basically is that, yeah. It's where it's where robot ghosts live. Uh, yes, as somebody that works in the cloud, can can confirm. Neat. Yeah, the robot devil, as it turns out, still really actually kind of hates Fry. Um, I wouldn't say kind of hates Fry. He really hates Fry to the point where he's like, "You're gonna kill Fry if you want to get out of limbo." Yeah, he just never got over that hand switching thing. They still smell of candy corn, which. I'm just going to point out, it's kind of the robot devil's fault. That is true. That doesn't mean he can't hold a, a misguided grudge against him, though. I mean, you're, you are correct, because you can't force other people's grudges to mm. not be grudges. It's true. But I would like to point out, you use the qualifier misguided, because it is misguided, because it's the robot devil's fault. And I think we can all agree on that. I agree. I'm just saying, like, he can be misguided, and it could be a flaw of his character. Speaking of deals Let, with the robot devil... Let's talk about a character study of the robot devil, shall we? Speaking <laughs> about deals with the robot devil, Bender makes a deal with the robot devil. Basically without asking questions before he signs. He's like, I'd be a fool not to. So he signs the, the deal, which basically says that... Bender can return to Earth and get his body back if he kills Fry. And there's no catch. Except there's a catch. If he fails, he will spend all eternity in robot hell. Dun, dun, dun. And there will be songs 
Yeah, and then he starts up the exact same song that was from uh, Hell is Other Robots. Because mm-hmm. he's got to practice. Uh-huh. Because he, he just starts up with Cigars Are Evil, doing like... The whole, the exact same song. Yeah, it's. I, I like the the callback to that. It's very funny, especially because it's like, yeah, I use this a lot. Mm-hmm. So at the robot arms apartments, uh, Fry is sleeping, and Bender can't really figure out how to haunt him. Yeah, he can't be heard, and he kind of just he's he gets a little tired and takes a little uh, ghost nap uh, over Fry. And in the morning. He tries again, but he finds out that the only power that he has as a robot ghost in the world is that he can possess electronics. Yeah, so he tries to grab some soap, but he can't. And then he kind of gets sucked into a hairdryer. Which his, his, his thought is, Fry hates soap. He's afraid of it. So he'll just use some soap, and then Fry will have a heart attack and die because he's so scared from the soap. I mean, I could kind of see it. I mean, it's an oversimplification of how somebody doesn't like soap or has poor hygiene or whatever. But, you know, so uh, instead he gets sucked up into a hairdryer and so he realizes he can possess things. Mm -hmm. And so he just terrorizes Fry with all the various appliances in his bathroom. Hairdryer, electric toothbrush, razor. He even shaves Fry's armpits, despite the fact that it is almost winter time. <laughs> I love his like, but it's almost winter. I mean, so funny. I'm just going to throw this out here. I don't know that I know a difference. Uh, I mean, I've never shaved my armpits, but I can't imagine it's a real temperature changer between winter and summer. I would say you could, you probably, well, okay. So sun's out, guns out rules apply here naturally so take it to the gun show bam take it to the gun show sun's out guns out now let's say you have the sun is out and the guns are out of course naturally because the sun's out if you're you know throwing a football around you got your your arm floating in the air all over the place okay now is my arm floating above me is it detached it is not detached but it is still above you okay um and you got you got you can't have all that hair all over the place it's guns out so you shave it for summer, but in the winter you can't do. The sun's not out, so the guns aren't out either. So then you you it just grows out, and then summer comes and the guns go back out well, and you shave it again. Yes, but I realize that. But what your but my argument is that okay. So Fry apparently shaves his armpits in the summer mm-hmm. because he makes this this seasonal distinction. It's true. And I get your argument that, you know, sun's out, gun's out. Mm-hmm. You get you get that sleek appearance. But you know me, always talking about sleek appearances. But I don't see any sort of downside to shaving them in winter. Because it's not that he's like, oh man, I need to to have my armpits clean shaved in the summer. He's like, no, 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 but it's almost winter. Don't do this. So like what is his impetus to be like, I absolutely need armpit hair in the winter? I'm not arguing the sun's out. No, that's guns fair. Out. No, that's fair. You, 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 uh, you. I was, I was thinking of the the problem in a different way, and I think that uh, you've changed my perspective on it. Um, warmth. I mean, but I don't think it's gonna. I don't think that makes a difference. You're it's in, in a. It's in a pit. Like it's skin touching skin. Like that's the warmest part. <laughs> Sweet Caroline. <laughs> 
uh, you know what you've got a you've got a fair point but you know some sometimes you just people have interesting patterns of what they do in the winter versus the summer and you know i'm gonna let fry have this one except okay. for bender does not yes so back at work uh hermes is detailing a painful graph that points out that since bender's death Incidence of people saying, bite my shiny metal ass, has dropped 98%. That's a lot of percent. However, Scruffy is comes in vacuuming with remains of Bender's body, and when he's asked to stop, um, he says, bite my shiny metal ass, and the chart ticks up a little bit. You know, I just got that, because he's he's got Bender's body, mm-hmm. and so he does have a shiny metal ass. Yeah, so bite that. I, I didn't get... Mm-hmm. That makes sense. I didn't get that uh, before. I also think it's funny if Scruffy just decides to say yeah, that. Yeah, because randomly. I was just assuming that like it's just a thing Scruffy decided to try out. Like that's sort of what I always thought. Yeah, I, if I were Scruffy, I'd be like, "That cool robot's dead. I'm gonna take his catchphrase." Now's my time to shine. <laughs> yep. Maybe does that mean? Well, Scruffy's ne- no one knows who Scruffy is. No. Okay. So okay, does that mean that Scruffy's current catchphrase of I've never seen you before is one that he stole from a dead man. He only takes oh catchphrases from dead people. Oh my God. We've shown new light on Scruffy. Holy crap. It's no, seriously, like seriously, like to take the catchphrase of I've never seen you before from a dead man. Uh-huh. It's, what does that imply, Ben? It's going some dark places, my dude. This is now a true crime podcast. So this is how we get the money, by the way. (laughs) It's true. That's where the money is. Um, So So enter Scruffy, a mild man janitor with a catchphrase. But where to get it? Bum, bum, bum. So I'm assuming that's how true crime podcasts go. 100%. So (laughs) Fry comes in and he's like, hey, uh, I'm being haunted. Electronics are trying to kill me. And everybody just laughs. Oh, Fry. (laughs) <laughs> and then we get um, what well, what I originally titled as a haunting montage. I called it that as well. But it, it's actually not much of a montage. It's like two things. A, a pineapple vending machine. Which I want to know where that exists. Because I want pineapples that often. Okay. I want, I want pineapples when I want them. And I want them for cheap. And I want them delivered by a robot. It's the future. This should be a thing. Exactly. So, Where are my pineapple deliveries? Fry. You hear me, Jeff Bezos? Fry. Uh, uh, Bender jumps into a, a pineapple vending machine and just pummels Fry with pineapples. I don't see a problem with that, but go on. And then he haunts a toaster where uh, the first piece of toast comes up and it has B.O. on it. And then the second one comes up and it says, oh, oh. And it's only at the second one that Fry's like, oh, no. <laughs> well, it's well, if you're looking at one piece of toast and says B.O., it's like, well, that's rude. And then the other one pops up with the rest of the boo. And you're like, oh, I'm supposed to be scared now. See, I'd be like, the first one comes up and I'm like, Bo Jackson? Like, football guy? Oh, like Bo knows, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, like, that makes sense. Telling me to go play some Tecmo Super Bowl? Is, well, is, that's done and done. is that what's going on? Because usually I do that once a year, and that's when we do our annual Super Bowl predictions. And wait, did we get that wrong this year? Oh yeah, we got it wrong. we we scored points, is what we did. Snap! 
Suck on that, Rams and Patriots. I don't have any follow-up for that. Uh, so the, the montage ends. <laughs> well, now that Tom Brady's traded to the Jacksonville Jaguars for a seventh and a bag of Doritos, everything's fine. So the montage ends with a, a door that's trying to like close on Fry. And um, he comes in to the office and he's like, yeah, I'm still being haunted. And Bender inhabits Leela's uh, arm. What does she call it again? The, the low jackamator, right? Well, she calls it that at one point. She her arm thing has a low jackamator. Oh, that's right. But she calls it like her arm thingamajig or something, something like that. Like, something ridiculous that she never really knows what it's supposed to be. It he haunts Leela's arm thingamajig and slaps Fry a bunch and she's like, "It's true. I only meant to slap him twice." <laughs> and so Fry tries to call the Ghostbusters and <laughs> <laughs> the dial tone is like the number you have dialed has been lame since 1989, which I think that that's not that specific line has not aged all that well, considering that the Ghostbusters and this is a hot take. The new one with the with uh, uh, Kristen Wiig, Kristen and, uh, Wiig and Kate McKinnon and stuff mm-hmm. like that. I thought that was pretty good. I mean, I want to be BFFs with Kate McKinnon. So, you that's know, fair. she's very she's very good. But I thought it was a pretty good movie. Oh, yeah. it was. I thought it was great as well. I also have a hot um, take for you on Mar- Captain Marvel. I thought it was pretty good. I still haven't seen it, but I will get there. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I did. I, I once did the Ghostbusters theme song at karaoke, and that was actually pretty lame. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was I didn't know what to do, and so I... I pulled twitter for requests and somebody said the ghostbusters theme song and even the kj was like i can't believe you're doing this uh and when the kj says that you know you've messed up and so yeah he was like i can't believe you're doing this it's it's my sacred duty as a kj to allow you to do this (laughs) but i want you to know that i hate this song and i can't believe you're doing this and i was like nah dude it's gonna be fine and then i got up there and i was like halfway into it i'm like oh no no, no, no. This was bad. The KJ is always right. And then I also uh, had to sing the line, Bustin' makes me feel good in front of a drunk crowd of people. So would now, not that recommend. Would, <laughs> that does kind of make me want to suggest you do it again. So the, maybe, maybe in one of the private suite uh, karaoke's, I can get you to do that. Get me drunk enough and we're in. So... <laughs> They do a seance. They bring in the fortune teller robot. Um, the professor said, I said science. Yeah, close enough. Close enough. So Soidberg is playing the theremin. Everybody uh, applauds. I mean, I bet it's pretty hard to play a theremin. I bet you it is, but it's, it, it doesn't look that difficult because it's all just like waving your arm around. Well, but yeah, but I, I mean, bet there's gotta... like art, 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 artistry there. I said that weird, but you, that's fine. You gotta like control your like pitch and volume, and like there's no like because I I play like guitar. You've got frets and things, and sure. so you can you can push in very uh, oh absolutely you know places. But like a theremin, you got to get like really close and 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 like just to kind of approximate where your hands go and like figure it out. And I've heard that like uh, different temperature and humidity and and just electromagnetic interference in a room can change like interesting so you have to kind of adjust to your current surroundings i bet it's pretty hard i've never tried playing Mm -hmm. one 
I look forward to in two months. It's like, oops, I bought a theremin. I mean, look, I did buy a mandolin two weekends ago, and I, I mean, I am bringing that joke from real life, friend. Uh huh. So Bender attacks the fortune teller robot with an iron, just smacking it against the the medium's head. Uh, she's like. I, I originally before Bender starts using the iron to smack her in the head, she's like, I don't feel anything. Where's the buffet? Oh, I'm feeling something now. Bender then possesses her and her head explodes. Yeah, spins around, just explodes. The professor's like, does anybody else have any ridiculous ideas? And Hermes raises his hand. So they call in the preacher bot in a very obvious, the exorcist sort of, uh, mm styling yeah it's got some like creepy the exorcist sort of style music uh scruffy's got a buffet going which is pretty cool hey he's got his famous corn biscuits which a hundred percent i want to eat some of his famous corn biscuits yes they sound delicious yes because corn biscuit where where does it go wrong it doesn't i totally take it sounds great that's my hot take Hot take, you better make those biscuits hot. And I'll put some butter on them, and I'll eat them up. The uh, robot preacher, uh, preacher bot comes in, and he's like, uh, he sees sees all of these, like, devices just floating around Fry in this ominous Mm -hmm. sort of circle, and he's like, um... Yeah, it might be a problem with your circuit breaker. I, I do want to point out he does have the too much macaroni sweats. So he's probably like, I want to get this done because I have too much macaroni. I mean, I'm not going to judge a person for too much macaroni sweats. I've been there. No, I'm not. I'm not judging. I'm just saying that might be why he's trying to get out of there so quickly. Because he's had the buffet. That's what he was there for. The exorcism, fine. So I ate too much macaroni. Circuit breaker, bye. He then gives Fry a device, which I didn't I didn't catch what it was. A sacramental firewall that can remove ghost wear in a 20-foot radius. It also kills cats. Uh-huh. Which well, is he, a sad he, moment. He points out it keeps cats off the couch by killing them. I mean, that's a different way of phrasing it, yes. It still saddens me. And it does do the job and, and repels Bender. Yes. So it repels Bender out. All these devices fall around Fry because he's done being haunted. And so now he can just sleep. And so he does. He goes back to Robot Arm's apartment and just has a good night's sleep. Bender fights against the firewall and is able to I- inhabit it. And it turns off. Mm-hmm. And uh, Fry doesn't know this uh, just yet. Yeah, he wakes up. He's like, finally, I can lower my guard for even a second and just kind of tosses it down. And the moment it lands against his pillow, it starts projecting a, an image of Fry's face melting into a, off of his skull. And that is apparently enough to give Fry a heart attack. And he dies. So Bender goes back to the robot devil's like, Fry's dead. Not according to his Wikipedia page. (laughs) And his Wikipedia page says, survived a heart attack. I love the Wikipedia page joke. (laughs) It's such a good joke. Just the fact that the robot devil's using that. And to be fair, I've definitely done that with some celebrity deaths where I'm just like, oh, I want to know a little bit more about it. And I I go there and like, you know, you get the little disclaimer that's like, there's about a, a celebrity who just died. It may not be accurate, but it's like. You know, it's better than going to like TMZ or some yeah, crap like that. that. I don't want I don't want TMZ in, up in my jazz. I, I do love the idea. And, and this is actually supported throughout the whole Futurama thing that Fry is notable. 
mm-hmm. because that's how Futurama or uh, Wikipedia figures out who to have a page about. Are they notable? And Fry, a hundred percent, is notable because he has saved the universe like fifteen times at this point. And it's it, and I love that like dedication to yes, yeah, of course, Wikipedia would have a page on Fry. But see, alternate take, literally everyone has a Wikipedia page in the year three thousand twelve. That's also fair. Who who is to say he's not updating it himself? It's true. Although I'm told it's okay. actually a kind of a faux pas to update your own Wikipedia page. Maybe not in 3012. Maybe not. Maybe maybe it's a whole new beast. A whole new beast. Maybe it's a literal beast. Maybe it's the Wikipedia beast. Maybe. And you must appease it by feeding it knowledge and Doritos. <laughs> this feels like a sponsored ad, but it is not. We just really want Doritos. When you're up late at night, pedantically editing Wikipedia pages, <laughs> you feel that hunger coming on, you need a good snack. Slap some Doritos in your face. <laughs> <laughs> that That's their motto, right? Like, that's their slogan? Basically. Yeah, it's right? It's fine. So, uh, yeah, Fry <laughs> is not actually dead. He has survived it. He's at the hospital, and we find out from... Uh, I don't remember her real name, Dr. Good and Sexy. I think that's actually it. No, she's got a real name. Oh, okay. I thought that was her real name, though. No. Oh. It's something. I don't remember what it is. I mean, she's the the doctor that... It's hard to remember a person's name, but if you can just call them the thing that they resemble, like... I still feel like that was what her name was. Dr. Cahill. Exactly. See, she's got a real name. Fry has referred to her as Dr. Good and Sexy. I forgot that that wasn't real. She's not just a pair of boobs. Although the cleavage is uh, apparently a danger to Fry at this point because he is just so on the edge of having another heart attack. It's not helping him, but it is helping the professor. So Fry decides that he's just done with technology. He's going to go live on the Amish planet. The only machine that Fry is going to miss is Bender. Um, he realizes how valuable a robot life can be when it belongs to your best friend. And Bender is watching because he's uh, taking over the heart monitor and says, that's the closest thing that ed- anyone other than him ever got to saying, Bender is great. At this point, Bender decides, you know what? I'm not going to do the robot devil's dirty work. And he's actually like looking out for Fry now as he goes off to the Amish planet in a wooden spaceship mm-hmm. somehow somehow so fry is enjoying his life on the amish homeworld putting up a geodesic dome barn uh making poorly folded pretzels and harvesting corn with bender at his side unknowingly and bender even gives him a big hug but not that fry knows it it's a kind of a bittersweet moment actually Mm -hmm. the planet express crew comes to visit and uh, they are talking to Fry and like catching him up on all the details back home. Mm-hmm. And Fry asks about how Scruffy's buffet is going. Um, I mean, you know, with the, the, the important corn, things in life. With those corn biscuits, it's a good thing to be asking. And so um, at this point, the robot devil shows up. And he is disguised. He took uh, a granny's clothing. Mm-hmm. She's naked but unharmed, as as he mentions. And so that's something. Uh-huh. It's honestly the least we could ask for. <laughs> so Bender says that he's not going to kill Fry, so might as well take me to hell. Uh, Robot Devil says, it's your destiny to kill Fry. 
throughout this whole conversation, we we see that these oxen on this cart behind him that's hauling this geodesic barn, yeah, uh, kind of respond to a lot of the things that Bender is saying because he's being very animated and big, big and loud. And so the robot devil asks him about it. He's like, "Have you noticed that they that animals seem to respond to you?" And Bender's like, "I hate animals," and antagonizes the oxen. And the oxen kind of spook, and and the the cart that has the geodesic dome on it uh, causes it uh, to start rolling down the hill towards the Fry and the Planet Express crew. Bender's like, oh, "I'll just jump into ma- some machine and save everyone." And the robot devil points out, "There's no machines." But that's not true because There's the robot one. devil's there. And Bender jumps into the robot devil and they kind of fight each other until Bender is able to take control. Bender pushes Fry out of the way and uh, the robot devil's body is crushed by the barn. This causes Fry to just want to go home. I mean, it's legit. He's being trying to be crushed by a lot of things. It's true. I would just want to go home after that. Same. Plus, I would miss, um, you know, the internet. Mm. I, we we gave it some guff earlier, but you know what? It's true. I, it's better than what, anything else. I need to see uh, updated Wikipedia pages and podcasts, mm. and uh, those are the only two good things about the internet, other than uh, twitter.com slash back to Futurama and um, patreon.com slash back to the future yeah those are some pretty good sites those too, are some good ones be honest. also i think my job has has to have the internet to actually do man anything. that's fine that's fair so uh bender and the robot devil go back to hell and the robot devil just hops into a new robot body it's yeah, fine he's got like four of them and the robot devil's like cool you get to hang out in hell for all time and he starts singing a song about his pyrrhic victory but then bender gets pulled up to earth and then past Earth. Uh, when when ben, when the robot devil's like, where are you going? And Bender's like, I don't know and I don't care. And so Bender goes to robot heaven where there is a robot there who he then inhabits and mm-hmm. ha- causes him to beat up himself. There is a great line reading. It's like, I'd like to welcome you to, to heaven. <laughs> Shut up, God. Beg pardon. <laughs> and so... Uh, robot god i guess is yep. what we'll call it uh just like whatever get out and kicks him out of heaven and then bender goes back to earth where all the little bender pieces all uh recombobulate into a bender body mm-hmm. and bender hops right in and he's back uh fry hugs him but then he's like hey were you haunting me and then there's an awkward moment where they just sort of stare at each other yeah fry's eyes are narrowing and bender's eyes are very shifty and then it's uh, the credits. And that means that it is time for... Grades. Um, I think it's an okay episode. Um, okay. I don't... I honestly don't have a whole lot to say about this episode. Sure. There are a couple of really great jokes in it. Uh, but for the most part, just it's just kind of there. Yeah. Um, I don't really know how to <laughs> break it down any more than that um i mean i'd say it's it's the epitome of like an average like c futurama episode sure uh and so that's what i'm gonna do i'm gonna say that it is a c without really any further comment i've sure. got i don't even know what to say about this episode at this point yeah um that's fair 
Uh, for me, it like I, I when 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 I watch this episode, there's like one word that comes to mind, and it's meh. It's yes, it's a very meh episode. It's fine. It's definitely not like I'd rather throw this into the pits of hell, but it's not like I want to be watching this in heaven or. Blah. It's like, eh. mostly, it makes me be like I'm like I'd rather just be watching the good place. That's fair. And the good place is quite good. Very good. I have watched the first season and the first episode of the second season, so it's very good. It's very good. So I would I would suggest you watch that instead of this. That being said, it is still Futurama. There are still some good goofs and like again, sometimes with some of these later episodes, the throwaway gags are the best parts. Yeah, I will definitely agree with that. Cuz how many times I, I will laugh at Zoidberg playing the theremin and then just everybody will be like, yeah, that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Like, n- or life in hell as like that deep cut or yeah. a th- little throwback to uh, uh, hell as other robots. Yeah. Th- but those are, oh, have nothing to do with the main thrust of the episode. And it's just, it just, it, it's, it's there and it's fine. And it's a way to pass 20 minutes, 22 minutes, but it, it's not, it's not bad. It's not good. It's somewhere in the middle. And I think just like you, I have to give it a C because I can't really analyze it any further than it's there. A way to pass 22 minutes. Name of your sex tape. Anyways. So. <laughs> hey, though. 22 minutes, though. Hey. So <laughs> anyways, uh, we want to know what Is you think. Is that joke making the episode? We want to know what you think about this episode or about the good place or about doritos or about doritos those are the only important things we've talked about on this episode uh we've (laughs) talked about more than that i just don't remember any of it what about sting the wrestler what about sting the artist we want to know all about all of those things you can do that by sending us an email to back to the futurama podcast at gmail.com you can tweet at us at back to futurama you can find us on facebook at facebook.com slash back to futurama we are on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, so find us there, review us, rate us, subscribe, and you know what? Let's just throw a party and have some Doritos. Shove those Doritos in your face. This episode not sponsored by Doritos. Uh, we are sponsored by uh, a couple of fantastic patrons on Patreon, and if you'd like to do that, patreon.com slash back to Futurama. We love you if you support us, but if you uh, just just listen to the episodes, we, we love you. Uh, Look, we we do really goofy things on this podcast, and you enjoy it, and we love you for it. And I think that's going to be about it for us this week, although stay tuned for a very important announcement about March Ocean Madness 2019. Madness, madness, madness. But other than that, I think that's pretty much it for us this week. I honestly think think we've done too much. uh, Yeah, I think so. Let's get the heck out and... uh, (laughs) We talked about the hell the entire episode. We're like, get it, get the heck out. I don't remember what we can or can't say on this podcast. You already dropped an f bomb once that I edited out. Okay, fair. So, anyways, until next time, I'm Ben and I'm Mike. Goodbye, Goodbye from, from the world, world of tomorrow. tomorrow.
It's time again for March Ocean Madness. That's right, Mike. This time, the Planet Express crew isn't eligible, so we know we'll have a new champion. It's going to be real exciting this year, Mike. Let's take a look at the bracket, quadrant by quadrant. Looking forward to this one, Mike. In quadrant one, the top overall seed, Scruffy. He was one of the ones that got the farthest in last year's tournament, gaining this deserved seed. His tournament starts with a fight with the big brain. Others in this quadrant may give him some concern are Lur from the planet Omicron Persei 8 and Ethan Bubblegum Tate. I do like his chances though, Mike. In quadrant two, the fourth seed is the Niblonian of Fate, Nibbler. He starts with a match against Fishy Joe Gilman. Nibbler has some tough competition in the quadrant with that 80s guy, Clamps, Hedonism Bot, and Ogden Wernstrom. Hopefully Nibbler is hungry for victory this year. I bet he'll bring that hunger, Mike. In the third quadrant, the number two seed is Roberto. In a showdown seen both in the bracket and on most days the court is in session, he'll be staring down the honorable Ron Whitey. Other heavy hitters that are looking to cause a bit of chaos include Kiff Croker, Donbot, Mayor Poopenmeyer, Haha, and Mom. Looks like some good matchups in that bracket, Mike. One name I would be loath to leave out, though, is the Grand Midwife. She may be grand, but the road is going to be tough. She has to take down the Hyper Chicken, then either La Barbara or Mom to get to the Sweet 16. All her matches will be grand, Mike. Last but not least, in Quadrant 4, we'll have the Hypnotoad, star of Everyone Loves the Hypnotoad. He will face Elzar in the first round. Standing in the good Toad's way in this bracket are some big names. Barbados Slim, Calculon, the Robot Devil, and Tinny Tim, to name a few. All glory to the Hypnotoad, Mike. Who will surprise? Who will have an interesting run into the later rounds? We'll be doing predictions for another week, so make sure that you go to NeptunianMillhouse.com. That's Millhouse with one L. NeptunianMillhouse.com, your March Ocean Madness 2019 headquarters. Check out the bracket, look at the prediction leaderboards, and also you might just find a picture of Zoidberg there, last year's March Ocean Madness winner. Make sure you get your predictions in by next week so that we can start the voting process so you can pick your winner for March Ocean Madness 2019. 2019, remember to ride the walrus.